I know that I'm, very, late to the party on this one but today I'm going to run you through my review of The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild on the Nintendo Switch. Before we begin, I need to specify that this is written from the perspective before any of the DLC was added to the game, I might have gotten the game late but didn't get the DLC at the time and that will come later, so you won't see any comments regarding anything that happens in there. Also, while the game has been out for over a year, I'm going to endeavor to stay spoiler free. Upon loading the game, you're treated to a black screen which slowly fades the game's title in and out, this then becomes a glow with a faint voice to be heard calling Link's name. He then wakes up in what looks like a sensory deprivation pod for Hyrule. This initial cave is an area where you can get used to the new controls and where you are given one of the most useful items that guides you through the game, the Sheikah Slate. The disembodied voice that wakes you up, I initially thought, sounds like a Don from Turok 2 but a quick IMDB search proved me wrong. Upon leaving this starting cave, you're treated to a great view over Hyrule which showcases just how beautiful this game is. I really mean that, the game is gorgeous throughout. It mixes a near-perfect blend of more realistic environments with the cell-shaded styles of Wind Waker but not as extreme as that. Enemies look suitably threatening, particularly some of the bigger beasts, and the world feels genuinely alive with the amount of NPCs and wildlife around. Speaking of wildlife, I thought that the new model cuckoos, or chickens to normal humans, looked very reminiscent of the rooster from the front of the cornflakes cereal box. This prompted me to make the image to your left, which is now available to purchase on mugs for your breakfast table in my merch store. The control scheme took a little getting used to, with it being such a massive change from any previous entry in the series, but after a short while I managed to get my head around it all. Although, saying that, I did sometimes find myself accidentally hitting sprint instead of jump, even 40 plus hours in. Sometimes movement could also be a little twitchy here and there. The soundtrack to the game is the usual fare you would expect from a Zelda title it is very slow and melodic whilst you're out in the open world with the battle themes for enemies and bosses being much more intense. Sound is also a feature that is taken with great significance throughout the game, given that you have a little indicator in the bottom right of the screen that shows how loud you're being. This is very helpful when you're trying to sneak past enemies. I found the limited carry capacity for weapons and shields to be a bit frustrating, particularly considering that they have a limited durability, so dishing out or blocking too many hits will become an issue early on. Frankly, I think that as a game mechanic, weapon durability can go and fuck itself. Especially when the rarest and strongest items in the game still have a limited use, Hylian Shield and Master Sword, I'm looking at you. As a counter to this, though, the last hit that a weapon deals out when it breaks does extra damage to your enemy. When the game first released, there were a lot of comments along the lines of Zelda Goes Skyrim and, I'll be honest, from the trailers I certainly agreed with that idea being the case. This isn't helped by the fact that almost all of the ancient tech in the game, the guardians, the towers and even the cave you wake up in at the start, look very reminiscent of the dwarven tech in Bethesda's released on everything epic. Weather in the game can sometimes be a help or a hindrance too. Rain makes it almost impossible to scale a vertical surface without there being a ladder, which greatly reduces your exploration ability when the heavens open and thunderstorms can be a bite of a double-edged sword. They're great fun to watch and very atmospheric, amazing help if you're surrounded by enemies with metal armor or weapons, as the lightning will strike them, but Goddess Hylia help you if you're the one with metal items during a storm, especially with low health. The game encourages exploration and nurtures that part of you that wants to see what's just over the next mountain or along that stretch of road but will punish you harshly if you stumble into the stronger enemies unprepared. One boss also seems incredibly overpowered and those who watched my live stream while playing through the game will know exactly which one I mean. It's an absolute bastard. Like a lot of open world games, 
It's perfectly possible and plausible, that you can lose well over 60 hours into the game with side quests and other things before you get close to finishing the main story. Especially if you're a completionist who wants all the beast weapons and gear before taking on the final boss. The upgrade mechanic for weapons and armor is great but finding some of the items that you need for those upgrades is a bit of a chore. Overall though, this is easily one of the best Zelda games ever created. I won't call it the best as that will always be subjective. There's bound to be people out there that disagree and, to be honest, I still personally rank Majora's Mask higher. Easily worthy of a golden credit. If you own a Wii U or a Switch, you need this game in your collection. Don't own either console and are a fan of Zelda? You owe it to yourself to get one and play this.